0: Welcome. We're so glad you've tuned in to the weekly sermon podcast of Victory Church Philadelphia, a dynamic multicultural church near Valley Forge. We want to welcome you into an experience with God and the care of His family, and we believe this message will be a blessing to you.
1: When I was growing up, I would say, I can't wait to go to church. (laughs) I mean, I used to love to go to church. And because I was Pentecostal, I'd even say, I can't wait to have some church. As if the church was just a building or something that we did in that building. But the Bible paints a very different picture of the church. See, 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's holy temple and his spirit dwells in your midst? And then later on, Ephesians chapter two, verse 20 through 22, paints this picture of Jesus literally joining his people together as a building with Jesus as the cornerstone. See, God is making a temple, a church out of his people, and we are that church. So you can't just go to church. We need to be the church such that anyone that encounters us can't help but to experience God's hands at work. Subsequently, that means we bring the church everywhere that we go, to our jobs, to our schools, to the streets, to our homes. And just as a side note, that means we need to be the church unashamed, because the building that God lives in can't be too afraid to mention his name. But as I was saying, What if as the church we were the prayer warriors on campus, the encouragers to those who are down, the co-workers who don't gossip or complain but are a breath of fresh air to be around, the peace in our houses, helpers to those in need? What if we let our light shine so bright that people would see our good deeds and give glory to to, to our king, church? Each and every one of you has a purpose. Like every brick or stone that holds this building together, each and every one of you is needed. Every person created to reach his or her own world for Jesus. And we all know that there are no limitations to what God can do, but what if God desires to do what he wants through you? So please be the church. Somebody's still wondering what that means. Well, God provides a great explanation of his expectations in Matthew 25, 35, 40. He says, when I was hungry, you fed me. And when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. You put clothes on my body, and when I was sick, you looked after me. And you didn't hesitate to visit me in prison. And when I was a stranger, you invited me in. And the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we do all these things? And the king will reply, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. See, we need to be the church for the strong and the weak. We need to be the church for the bold and the meek. We need to be the church for the rich and the poor. Be the church that brings comfort to all those that mourn. Be the church where people come to be filled. Be the church that commands every mind, body, and soul to be healed. Be the church that speaks life and preaches life eternally. Be the church that breaks chains and sets captives free. Be the church that meets needs, that answers the call. The church not limited to Sunday mornings or Monday nights because we. We're a church without walls, the church that reaches wide and broad, knowing that every time we're a blessing to others, we're blessing God. (laughs) See, we need to be the church to every person we meet, because before a person will seek out a building, we may be the first example of a church that they see. So wherever you go, be peace, be joy, encourage, Victory! You were made to be the church.
0: Woo! Hallelujah! Be the church, Beecher. You didn't have any idea we were going to be focusing on being the church today, did you? (laughs) That's really what it's about—being. The church I remember seeing a news report about a church in Philadelphia that had burned down and the pastor when he was being interviewed was being asked about the hope that they had for rebuilding and restoration he said you have got to understand this building is not the church the church is okay because the church is our people aren't you glad that we as a church are not defined by our building Amen, we are not a building and I'm especially glad of that since we meet in a leased building that we lease from a trash company So I'm glad that we are not the building Amen, aren't you? Uh, You notice how many times in the last 11 years almost that we've been in this building that I refer to being in a trash headquarters building That's probably like the second time. I don't like to think about it. Don't want you thinking about it But the reality is we're not the building The church is God's people. God's people in all places at all times, but also God's people gathered together in specific locations week after week after week. We are the church. Be the church. I love the prayer that Paul prays in Ephesians. It's a prayer that he begins and then he gets distracted and he wraps it up again He begins in chapter 1 of Ephesians and then gets distracted and talks about You know the greatness of God and the greatness of his people and then he goes back into prayer And there's a theme that runs even beyond that through all of Ephesians about who we are as the people of God And I love this in Ephesians chapter 1 verses 22 and 23 This is part of the prayer that Paul is praying. He says and God placed all things under his feet speaking of jesus all things are under jesus feet aren't you glad for that jesus rules and reigns god placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything jesus rules and reigns he is head over everything but notice the why here for the church And then Paul further describes the church in this prayer, which is his body. We are the body of Christ. And listen to this. The fullness of him who fills everything in every way. He is the one who, as the ruler, the one who is king of the universe, the one through whom all things were created. He is head over everything. Amen? Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. He is the fullness of everything. He fills everything in every way. But the church is His body, the fullness of Him who fills everything in every way. That's some amazing claims that Paul's making right here. Now notice Jesus is doing this for the church. He rules and reigns for the church. Now let's contrast that. With most of The human drive for power. Why do people want positions of power? A few years ago, I went through some training as a community organizer I was actually trained by some of the same people the very same people who trained a young Chicago lawyer to be a community organizer that young Chicago lawyer being Barack Obama. I was trained by the same people and uh, they taught us about organizing and one of the things that we have to do to organize is understand what makes people tick. And they said this is the purpose for the drive for power that you see in our world and that is self-interest. That's behind every drive for power whether we're talking about political power or corporate power or Financial power they said behind every human's drive for power is self-interest and then you know as a way of Testing us on that they would want us to suggest people who were not Being driven by self-interest and you know, of course Whenever there was a politician that everybody disliked in that circle. It was Oh, yeah He's just out for self-interest, but you know, what about Mother Teresa and others They make the case, and I'm not making the case, but they make the case that everybody is driven by self-interest. And I think for the most part, they have a solid foundation for that understanding because that's the way fallen humanity works. Self-interest. And that's probably true of your favorite politician, too. But notice that when Jesus rules... It's not for himself. It's for the church. For the church. See, the church is all about God. We're all about loving God with our heart and soul and mind and strength. We love God. Everything is centered on him. One of the key values of this church is everything we do, we desire to do to glorify God. It's all about him. And I would think that he rules and he reigns because he is God. Just by his nature, he is over all. In fact, of Jesus, John says that all things were created through him. Paul tells us in Colossians that everything is held together by him. He is the center of it all. He rules because that's his nature. What's our desire? What what is our priority in prayer? Our priority in prayer given to us by the example of the Lord's prayer is thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. It's about his kingdom, his rule, and his reign. But he himself rules and reigns for the church. Not for himself. Wow. Think about that. Jesus is on the throne right now above all your troubles, above all your trials, above every anxiety that you have, and he's ruling for you. Yeah, we're all about him, but guess what? He's all about you. He's all about us. To me, that's amazing. I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of the church. And here's something interesting that Paul says in those two verses that we read that the church is like Jesus. That's why Beachu could stand up here and say emphatically, I didn't notice any kind of uh, hesitation in what he shared about the nature of the church. And that the church is the hope of the world and the church is the hope for making a difference in Mumbai But not only in Mumbai but in greater Philadelphia and greater Norristown any pocket of poverty or despair or addiction Jesus is our hope and because he's the hope guess what the church is the hope Because we're like Jesus See, you become like what you worship? That's why last week's message is so important that we understand that we are a people of worship But we're the church and as the church we are like Jesus you know in the Old Testament one of the things that the prophet said multiple times is you become like what you worship And if you worship worthless idols you yourselves become worthless but if you worship This God who rules and reigns over everything for his church, for you, collectively speaking, you become more and more like him. We are the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Wow. Again, just think about it. Jesus is the fullness of creation. He's the most magnificent being imaginable. I I just love the picture of worship in the book of Revelation where everybody's gathered around the throne and worshiping Him from every tongue and tribe and nation and to think that throughout eternity we're not going to need the sun we're not going to need the moon because His glory itself will brighten the whole world whatever that is, heaven and earth but the church is the fullness of Jesus He's magnificent, right? You know what that means? So are you. I'm not claiming that. Paul says we're the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And if he fills everything in every way and every magnificent way, you're magnificent too. Because we're his fullness. The church is the hope of the world. Now Paul goes on a digression he you know He just gets caught up in this and you know caught up in God's call upon his life And so fascinated that God would call him and that he would be building his church through him And then he begins to wrap up his prayer and he says some other things and usually when I preach this passage I preach the content of the prayer But notice how Paul wraps up the prayer in Ephesians chapter 3 beginning with verse 8 He says although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people This grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God. In other words, nobody had a clear picture of how God was going to bring the salvation of the world. He made the promise to Adam and Eve in the garden when the need for salvation first arose, but we weren't quite sure how he was going to do it and he raised up the people of israel and he gave the law and and showed us through the law our need for salvation but we didn't quite know how it was going to come even though through the prophets like isaiah we got some glimpses that god was going to do it through the messiah but this was kept hidden and then in verse 10 Here's why his intent was that now How through the church Now through the church The manifold wisdom of God should be made known to Look who this is the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms which later on in Ephesians. We know Those rulers and authorities are spiritual powers wicked forces in the heavenly realms God's plan was that now through the church The manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms And this is not some last-ditch effort because the first covenant didn't work It says verse 11 according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord Now notice this Paul Paul says in verse 8 I am less than the least of all the Lord's people He's not claiming any special status for himself. You would think, with all this high sounding language about the church being the fullness of Him who fills everything in every way, the church being the means by which God would display His manifold wisdom to the powers and principalities, He'd be saying, I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, which He does say later on in Corinthians about going through hardship, by the way. <laughs> going through lack but he's not not claiming here I'm the fullness of him who fills everything in every way his claim for himself is I am less than the least but his claim for the church collectively is we are the ones who fill demonstrate his fullness to the world who demonstrate his wisdom to the powers and principalities see Jesus rules for us Emphasis on us It's who we are as part of the church That makes a real difference in our lives That's why this is a rhythm A new rhythm that brings fresh air Because most of us Don't fully understand Our collective identity And the collective power that we have And I'm so glad Biju did not know I was preaching on this I hope you can say the same thing again In the next service (laughs) It might have just been flowing. Something different might flow in the next service. But, man, it's who we are together that displays the fullness of Jesus. It's who we are together that displays the manifold wisdom of God. I want to be a part of that.
1: That's
0: why it's important that we make sure that we are the church. That this rhythm that we're trying to encourage everybody in Victory Church to be a part of is to be the church. That's why a real fellowship with each other is so vital. And our real fellowship in a church this size can't come from having the largest potluck dinner of any organization you've ever been a part of. It comes from being connected in real fellowship through life groups. Amen? This is good fellowship right now, but it's not the same. Be the church. I love the church I love the church (laughs) and and you know God He could win the battle against the powers and principalities all by himself, right? But he chooses the church according to what Paul says here in Ephesians 3 and I, I just love being a part of God's plan in that respect Why do I love the church? Let me give some really really quick reasons because I did share my time today But I love the church because we are the body of Christ, as Paul says in Ephesians 1.23, which we read. And at the end of Ephesians, he not only says we're the body of Christ, we're the bride of Christ, whom Jesus loved and gave himself for. He gave himself for the church. So when we see the church, we're, we're, we're seeing Jesus in some tremendous ways. In fact, even more direct than that, in Acts chapter 9, Paul... Saul at the time, later to be known as Paul, later the Apostle Paul, but Saul was a Pharisee on his way to Damascus to persecute the church. He had been giving approval to the arrest of followers of the way, which was what Christians were known as, the way, and approving of not only their arrest, but their execution. And Jesus appears to him. Jesus himself And the first question that Jesus asks Saul, later to become Paul, is, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute my church? No, that's not what he said. He said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Me. He equated himself with his church. That's why I can be so bold. You become like what you worship. remember Peter denied Jesus three times and felt terribly about it even separated himself from the other disciples in some sense it's a longer story but you also remember that Jesus restored Peter he said I'm going to build my church on this rock and Peter's a big part of that but Peter had to be restored and Jesus asked him a question Peter do you love me In fact he asked that question three times and each time when peter said yes i love you jesus responded with the same response peter do you love me yes lord i love you feed my sheep feed my lambs take care of my sheep Folks, you know, those of us who grew up Pentecostal or grew up hardcore evangelical, conservative, you know, evangelical, how, how do we know if you love the Lord or not? We love the Lord when we read our Bible and pray every day, right? If you love Jesus, you'll read your Bible and pray every day. That's kind of the message that I received growing up in the Lord. If you love God, you'll read your Bible and pray every day. But Jesus says, if you love me... You'll feed my lambs. You'll take care of my church. You'll feed your brothers and sisters in Christ. You'll take care of one another. Amen? Amen. Now, let me just say, prayer and Bible study are absolutely vital for your love relationship with God. They feed your love for the Lord, but they don't demonstrate your love for the Lord. They feed your love for the Lord, and then you demonstrate your love for the Lord by doing what? Feeding one another wow and then that goes along with what Paul says in Galatians six 10. we're always supposed to be looking for opportunities to do good to do good to the children in the slums of India to do good to the impoverished neighbors that we have in certain pockets of poverty around this church We do good to all it doesn't matter whether they're believers or not But in Galatians 6 10 Paul explicitly says look for opportunities to do good to all especially those of the family of believers It's a good family It you know, this is where being the church really comes into play Loving and caring for one another and seeing Jesus in each other Amen a couple of mondays ago we were at paradise restaurant it used to be paradise pizza up here in the audubon Shannondale shopping center really good mom and pop hole in the wall kind of italian restaurant and some newer attendees of victor in there and they saw us and we were excited to see each other and she said this i love seeing god's people out in the community it's like seeing jesus She wasn't really just talking about, oh, seeing you, Pastor Ed, is just like seeing Jesus. (laughs) I wish that's what she meant, but that's not what she meant. She meant that we're the people of God out in the community, and when we see the church out in the community, whether one on one or the church as a team or multiple teams making a difference out in the world, it's like seeing Jesus. It's being his body, being his hands, being his feet. I love the church. I love it. Now, it's not always easy to serve the church. It's not always easy. It's often sacrificial. And I'll tell you, uh, I was talking with a group of pastors on Friday. They they want me to share my testimony in an upcoming meeting with a lot of other pastors. But a lot of people see a church such as ours, which, you know, in this region, especially as a successful church, and think, oh, wow, they just got everything going for them and, Uh, You know that pastor just he's got everything he he doesn't know what it is to sacrifice or struggle It couldn't be further from the truth And I can't even talk about some of the things that have happened to me to my family Uh, You know, it's some of it if I told you right now some of you might would be crying. I, I can tell you Yet even though my kids have seen the good, the bad, and the ugly of church life, they have chosen to serve the church. Amen. you the same thing. He grew up as a PK. I'm sure he saw the good, the bad, the ugly. I think about Andy Stanley seeing a board member at his dad's church walk up and pop his dad in the jaw because they had a disagreement. And things like that happen. <sighs> And and I'm sure some people ask you why do you give like you do 10% to the church? That's nuts Why do you serve like you do? Why do you commit so much time like you do? And I think about that time in John chapter 6 when Jesus gave a hard teaching you got to eat my blood drink my blood and eat my body And a lot of his people fell away from him And Jesus turned to his closest disciples and says, You don't want to leave too, do you? And in verse 68, what is Jesus' response? I need you to show it on the screen because I don't have it selected in my Bible. Thank you. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We mess up. We're full of people who are still trying to get straightened out. It's not always the safest place in the world. Sometimes our concerns are petty. We hear about the churches that split over selecting the color of the carpet. Some have fallen apart because of far more petty things. But here's the question. Jesus said... Or the Holy Spirit says through Paul you are the fullness of him who fills everything in every way We've been entrusted with the greatest mission that has ever been entrusted to humanity to Not only display his manifold wisdom to the powers and principalities spiritually and eternally But to change the world around us Where else will we go? What else is there to go? There's let me tell you there's nowhere else to go you can look you can try to find it You can seek anywhere or everywhere, but I can tell you there's nowhere else to go You can find another local church perhaps But they're going to have the same reasons not to keep on serving the lord that maybe you could find right here but i'm telling you the reasons that we determine we're going to be the church Are worth any sacrifice that it might cost us yes. Church victory church I'm calling upon you Be the church like never before Can I just say this I'm, I'm past my time And uh, let's see how much time do I have here Oh man we're early Can I just tell you The Lord is sending revival To the greater Philadelphia area There are other spots around the world where you're even beginning to see the increase of the presence and power of God. But I can also tell you this, that it's only the local church and then the local churches collectively that are the hope for a great awakening in the Philadelphia area. And God has called this church to a special role in doing that. We have a brand new worship pastor, Steve Garrett. This is his fourth Sunday. Is his family with him yet today? Yeah, this would be their first Sunday with us probably will be here in the second service. So brand new just moved up here from Nashville and The the one thing that I think is really exciting beyond the level of worship that he obviously brings to this church But God used him as a co-founder of an interchurch prayer effort in the Nashville area called the Franklin House of Prayer in other words God has a multi-church call upon Steve Garrett's life and I can also assure you this God has a multi-church call upon me to be a part of mobilizing catalyzing the unity of the church in the greater Philadelphia area and we had uh, a gentleman come to us just a couple of weeks ago he says Ed I love what you're doing He's been in ministry been a pastor had some very prominent ministry positions and God has fairly recently brought him to the Philadelphia area He says Ed. I see what what God's doing at your church. I want to be a part of it Bring me on your staff help me. You know, I want I want to be a part of what God is doing at Victory Church and so folks This fresh air alignment where we're all, you know, hearing the messages every Sunday that emphasize who God is calling us to be and the rhythms. Last week, looking at the rhythm of worship. This week, looking at the rhythm of fellowship, of being the church and being in church, being together as the church, making a difference in the world. These rhythms are what God is using to set us up for a move of God. Because... I I don't know how this building is going to contain what God's going to do next. I really don't. I really don't. If any of you have an extra, you know, few thousand square feet somewhere that we could turn into like a a thousand or so auditorium, please let me know. Would you do that? It's got to be close enough that we can all, you know, get there, right? But I believe God wants to do something big. So I've gone from preaching to casting vision now But I believe that this is part of what God is preparing this church to do and to be and you say well That's pretty pretty bold claims I'm not claiming I'm less than the least of all God's people But the church collectively is the hope of the world and I know God has a role for us at Victory Church God has a role for you and I can tell you this if you will seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, everything else that you're worried about will be taken care of. Jesus promised that in, in Matthew 6, you, you put seeking his kingdom first. And how does he rule and reign? How does he rule and reign? He rules and reigns for the church. When we get that, I believe you're just going to be able to lay claim to that. God, I'm building your house I'm going to trust you to take care of mine. Amen? Amen. In fact, I want to pray for you right now. If you're going through a struggle of any kind, and you might say, well, God, you you just gave hope for the church at large, but what about me? Let me tell you, God sees you. He's aware of every sparrow that falls from the sky, and you're of so much more value than a sparrow. He has all the hairs on your head counted. He is going to take care of you. Your job, be the church. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these people who are here right now. And I thank you, Lord, that even as we preach and proclaim your word, that your sheep are being fed and they're being nourished. They're being strengthened. Some of them are being strengthened for a journey where they'll, they're going to need some energy for what comes next, and it is an exciting journey. Some need energy just to be revived from whatever desperate situation they're in right now. And, Lord God, we thank you that you care and you are concerned and you're active and you're moving. We pray for healing for bodies. We pray for healing for minds and emotions. We pray for healing for families here today in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord, for deliverance. Thank you for setting captives free. Thank you for comforting those who mourn and using brothers and sisters in Christ to administer that comfort. We thank you. We praise you, Lord, for your touch upon every individual in this place. And, Lord, that collectively we might be like Paul, less than the least of all God's people. We're a bunch of nobodies. But, God, you have given us eternal clout. We thank you for that, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to rise up based on who we are. And who are we? We are children of God. We belong to the one family that is the family of God, the family of believers. We thank you Lord for taking care of us as we seek first your kingdom and your righteousness in Jesus name While heads are still bowed and eyes are closed. Let me ask you. Have you made a conscious decision? To let Jesus be the king of your life. He's the ruler of the whole universe, but he doesn't impose himself upon you But he will come into your life. He'll change everything Doesn't mean everything gets easy but he'll change you and through that everything in your life is different he changes everything if you've never made that conscious decision in just a minute I'm going to pray a prayer out loud and if you would say I want to be included in that prayer I want to surrender my life to Christ today then when I count to three raise your hand say that's me and if at one time you made a decision for Christ but you wandered from him let me tell you he's waiting for you to come back home so if that's you, when I say three, you also raise your hand. So whether for the first time or whether you're coming back to Christ, just say, God, I want to be a part of what you're doing, and I want you to be a part of my life. Would you invite him in today? So when I say three, don't worry about anybody around you, whether they might see you raising their hand. That doesn't matter. You're doing business with God right now. You're not going to be singled out. You're not going to be embarrassed, but I'm asking you to make a decision for Jesus right now. So when I say three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Just shoot your hand up. Yes, sir. Others. Amen. Amen, amen. Amen. You can put your hands down. Even if you didn't raise your hands, if you want to surrender, maybe for whatever reason, it just was too difficult to to raise your hand just make this your prayer i want to ask everybody to pray this out loud with me and pray it from your heart let's all encourage those who've raised their hand who are making a decision today let's all pray this out loud to reaffirm our own trust and our faith in jesus just say these words heavenly father i thank you for your love i believe jesus died he was raised from the dead and he is lord forgive me of all my sins Be the Lord of my life. I turn from my sin. I ask you to fill me. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your peace. Fill me with your joy. Fill me with your purpose. I'm yours, God. I belong to you. I'm a child of God. I'll be yours forever. In Jesus' name, Thank you for being with us on this podcast of Victory Church, Philadelphia. Because this is being posted at the time of the coronavirus outbreak, we're not able to meet in large gatherings in person. So we're taking the opportunity to relaunch our regular podcasts. You can expect new sermons to be posted by Tuesday of each week. And we'll also be going back into the archives for messages that will be posted on Thursdays. If this message has been a blessing to you, We'd be most thankful if you would like it and then share our podcast with others. You can find out more about Victory Church Philadelphia online at www.getvictory.net or if it's easier for you, just philly.church. There you can share your prayer requests with us and we really will pray for you personally individually and you can also let us know if you've recently chosen to follow Christ so we can send a Bible to you or If you've been blessed by our ministry and want to help us reach and serve even more people, you could make a donation. We are a church that loves God, we love and serve our community, and we're here to bless you. Stay connected and stay tuned in for some exclusive interviews and content in coming days and weeks. In the meantime, be blessed.